This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the world's number one Joshi podcast. Today, celebrating another milestone, two years since we started this show. That's right. It's been an entire two years, all lived under this funky world of COVID. But we're happy to be here. My name is Taylor, and I'm joined, as always, by my very good friend, Kelly. Kelly, welcome back. It's good to uh, get to talk to you again this week. Yeah. It's always fun to do the show. I'm glad we're back. Two years is a long time, especially when it's as long as COVID time feels. Yeah, it feels very strange that it's been in some ways it feels like it hasn't been nearly long enough to be two years. And in some ways it feels like it's been 15 years. Yeah, that's the weird Uh, thing. Like it like the short term feels like it takes forever. Like a week will feel like it takes a month. But then, like, you're like, oh, yeah, this thing that happened, that was, like, what, a couple months ago? And you're like, no, that was three years. I also don't know if you've run into this. Maybe this is part of, um, also part of getting older, or maybe it's part of this weird time that we live in. I have lost most sense of things in the last two years when they happened. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I remember when this thing happened. And then I'm like, was that, like, a couple months ago? Or was that sooner than that or before that like i have no sense like i often talk to people and i'm like oh yeah i did this thing i don't know at some point in the last two years uh yeah i got yeah it's weird like this this whole two years is just a strange just time field where it's like nothing makes any sense and who knows when things happened like i I don't know I, i went outside at some point was that last week was that today who knows Yes, but it is good that we have had uh, Jumping Bomb Audio to help us during this time. And if you've enjoyed Jumping Bomb Audio, you should follow us on Twitter at Audio, Or you can follow us individually. You can follow Kelly at Comic Geek Kelly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Taymainbo. We always encourage you, as always, subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. And if that app happens to be iTunes podcast, Apple podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. We would really appreciate it. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping bomb audio. So we are going to dive right in today. A lot to talk about. We are going to go in depth on the most recent stardom show, Cinderella journey in Nagaoka. We are going to talk a little bit about some of the recent Tokyo Joshi shows that have happened, as well as some other 
Joshi shows that have happened in the last two weeks. And then we're going to do a preview, some previews of a bunch of shows that are coming up. Uh, an exciting two weeks to look forward to as we head into a big March uh, for all, pretty much all of Joshi Wrestling. Lots of companies having big shows in the month of March. You might say there's some madness coming. Very well played, March Madness. Uh, <laughs> but we kick it off with a show that happened in February. Uh, Stardom, Cinderella Journey in Nagaoka at Aori Nagaoka in front of 706 fans on February 23rd. Kelly, I'll throw it to you first. Overall, what were your thoughts on this show? It was all right. Like, <laughs> it wasn't bad, but like, I don't know. It didn't knock my socks off. There's like one match of the year contender on it. And then a whole bunch of just other stuff. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, But yeah, it didn't feel like because a lot of their big shows, they feel like big shows. This one didn't. It just kind of felt like a regular show. Yeah, I think a lot of things are being swallowed up in sort of the build to uh, the two sumo hall shows at the end of March. Yeah. And so it feels like everyone sort of is looking that way. And I can see what you mean. I mean, I was thinking, you know, 700, I mentioned it a minute ago, 706 fans, not a great number. Considering when you look at the card, I mean, you, it's clear, you know, a lot of people were like, well, this is sort of a B show you know, not their big effort that they usually give, but they still had, you know, three big title matches on the show. They had one sort of minor title match, so we won't count that. But still, I mean, the top four matches were fairly strong matches, and I was sort of surprised to see it. I expected it would have drawn, oh, I don't know, I was expecting 900, 850, 706 fans. Not great. So it seems like maybe people responded to the fact that this was sort of presented in the way that even though it had these big matches on it, it was sort of presented as, well, this show is, you know, a B show, uh, less important than the other big shows we've been running. So a bit surprising. Yeah, but Um, also like on like a Wednesday, like when was the 23rd? Yeah, that was a Wednesday. That was a weird day of the week to run a show like this. Yeah, I don't know, you know, I don't, maybe they could get the building on that date and that was the only date, but yeah, a bit, uh, a bit odd. I agree with you mostly. I thought up until um, the top four matches that I really didn't feel strongly really about anything on the show. I thought everything was perfectly fine, but I was just watching saying, okay, this is, uh, you know, fine, but forgettable. I would categorize the first half of the show i guess the second half as you said a lot of strong things which we'll talk about which i thought really saved it uh in a big way you know obviously as we'll talk about matches on the show got a lot of hype in various different locations um but yeah i would say this is probably a show where if you were just hopping in and out you don't really watch everything i would say probably I mean, to me, I would probably just say watch the top two matches. Yeah, for sure. So the show began with a pre-show Future of Stardom title number one contendership three-way match 
between Mai Sakurai Rina and Wakasukiyama. Uh, this was an elimination match. So Rina pinned Wakasukiyama with a gory bomb six minutes and nine seconds in to eliminate her. And then Mei Sakurai. Wait. Oh, it was the, it, the no, your results, results are wrong. Yeah, it's it's like how they put it is weird because it was kind of elimination, but the first person that got the pin left. So Rena got the first pin and then she's like, all right, cool. I won. I'm out. And then it was down to Waka and Mai. And I was very That's confused right. by that. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be a uh, just a three way like whoever yeah. gets the first pinfall submission wins. And I even went because I ended up watching it on Stardom World, you know, sort of the match ended and I was like, OK, great. Time to go to the next match. Yep. <laughs> and then as I was getting ready to leave the window, I was like, oh, wait, it's still going on. Uh, so anyway, after my confusion of reading the words off this page, May Sakurai uh, defeated Wakasukiyama in eight minutes and six seconds to win the match. Just beat Waka like a drum in that match. Yeah. Uh, I mean, f- fine match pre-show. Yeah. Probably what you would expect. Um, from these three on a pre-show match of this sort of caliber. Um, let me. Yeah. My notes say, uh, it didn't exceed my expectations or fall below them. Uh, my notes, I didn't even make any notes. I thought it was, you know, perfectly fine. (laughs) Mostly my note was I was confused by the format uh, (laughs) of the match as we could just tell as I was reading the results and got confused again. (laughs) The first official match on the card was the first title match as well. The Future of Stardom title match where the champion Hanan retained her title, defeating Momokogo in 5 minutes and 20 seconds with the backdrop driver. I thought that this was a, you know, a nice little match. Only went 5 minutes and 20 seconds opening the show. Uh, I thought Momokogo's offense looked pretty good i've said you know i said at the beginning when she first started i think that she's a really solid uh pickup for stardom to sort of plug in these lower ranks of the cards and so i thought it was a perfectly uh nice little match hennon retaining uh so it'll be interesting to see uh who takes the title uh from hennon going forward because it feels like now she's had it for enough time that Probably we're getting close to the moment when she loses and maybe starts to move up the card. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was decent. Uh, I do think it was a step down from the previous title match against uh, Lady C. But yeah, solid match. I went two stars on it. I think I went two on the opener or the pre-show match too. So just a solid start. Nothing bad, you know. The next match was a tag team match between the Oedo Tai team of Momo Watanabe and Ruaka, who defeated the Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Utami, with Ruaka pinning Lady C with the freezer bomb in 7 minutes and 34 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? It's really weird to see Utami this far down the card. 
you know, like after how high up she was for such a long time where it's now she's just kind of in a on the losing end of a really low match on the card. And it's like, come on, guys. Ruaka's right there. You don't need to pin Lady C. Come on. Although she's bouncing right back up the card because at Sumo Hall, she'll be challenging for the Wonder of Stardom title, which we will be previewing next episode Ooh. Um, as those two big shows come up. Uh, this is a match. Uh, this match and really the next match are two matches I don't have many thoughts about. Yeah. I just thought that they were sort of uh, matches, you know, not filler in that they weren't good work, but sort of filler in that they don't really, I mean, Ruaka pinning Lady C is sort of like, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, fine. You know, sort Two of and a half. it was like, yep, that happened and we move on. Yep. Speaking of the next and that match, the next match was another tag team match. Mayu Iwatani teaming with Tom Nakino to defeat the Oedo Tai super duo of Fukigen Death and Saki Kashima in 10 minutes and four seconds after Mayu pinned Saki after a moonsault. Uh, I guess I'll go first because I'll say the exact same thing I said last match, which is I thought this match was fine. Um, and I don't really feel strongly about any of it. Yeah, I went two and a half on this one too. Um, the only real, the thing I didn't, I had a hard time with is it's just like, how do Mayu and Tom have this much trouble with these two geeks? You know, like they, they shouldn't, this shouldn't have gone 10 minutes. <laughs> like what, what are you having those two like top stars go a pretty back and forth match with the two Wado Tai geeks? Like, what are you doing? I, I don't know. Well, we did establish earlier that Saki Kashima can go with Siri one-on-one. So that's she true. Is, uh... Real shooter. You know, we ta- I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago. People brought it up with us in the Discord. Um, talking about this idea of, you know, should someone like Saki or Fukigen Death be able to go, you know, over just over 10 minutes, 10 minutes, we'll say, with Mayu and Tom. Mayu, arguably the ace of the promotion, and Tom pretty near the top, I would say. Yeah. I don't think many people would disagree with me on that. And I just think that they have their they're sort of I I do agree with you in sort of principle of the idea, but I think that they've gone so far down this path of everyone is equal, everyone is the sort of same ability level except for maybe, you know, like a rookie lady C the children. Uh, and yeah, essentially the rookies, the total bottom of the card, everyone else is essentially equal, which is why we end up having so many time limit draws. So I think at this point to, if, if I were doing it, I would certainly do that where Mayu and Tom don't have a ton of difficulty beating Fuki and death and Saki Kashima. One of them, but a I literal th- clown. <laughs> I think they're already so far down the path of like everyone is equally capable that they, if they do it now, you're like, Oh, why did that happen? Like how could Saki lose in, you know, six minutes or something? Um, the weird thing, I don't know so, if people would question it though. Cause it's like, Oh, it's Mayu and Tom. Of course. 
but it's sort of been established that like everyone is equally as good as them. Yeah. What a stupid like it's just a weird model. thing where it's like you have an issue with it. I see where you're coming from. It's one of my sort of lesser issues with the promotion, even though I don't love it, but I'm like, okay, they needed like 10 minutes here. Cause you got to fill the cart. You know, the first couple matches only went under, you know, in ring time was 20 minutes of in ring yeah. time. Like I'm so when, back when we used to do the new, new Japan ebook, one of my things was a power ranking of everyone on the roster. I can't imagine what a fucking nightmare it would be to do the stardom one. Cause it'd be like, okay, here's your champions. And then here's everyone else tied at the bottom. Yeah, I think it essentially would be like um, Julia, Mayu, Shuri, um, maybe like Saya Kamatani because she's champion. And then you'd have like 15 to 20 people all on the, you know. Yeah. Natsupoi, uh, Azumi, uh, Mina, Unagi, uh, Himika, Micah. Mirai tech like all of those people to me I mean even like Saki Kashima is like yeah. Saki Kashima uh, Momo Watanabe are all sort of on the same level it's like three groups it's like these are the absolute big stars like probably Tommy's up there as well here's the middle and here is the sort of bottom you know yeah uh, Lady C Hannon waka uh people like that you know may sakurai and you could say well yeah that's your mid card but they're all you know we talk about upper mid card mid card lower mid card that is a thing i cannot establish yeah no it's because i i've always kind of approached wrestling is like in my head i look at a roster and i'm like okay here's like the power ranking that's just how i look at rosters and it's just with stardom they're you can't do it because you've got like one, two, three, four, five. And then six is like 14 people. And you're like, how, how does this happen? <laughs> I mean, I just think of like, I'll give you five names. Like yeah. Himika, Micah, uh, Mirai, uh, Mina and Unagi rank them one to five in terms of who is the top in this company and who is closer to the bottom. I don't know that oh. I could do it. Like maybe Mirai would be five. Cause she just got here. Maybe. But I'm like, I don't know. Maybe Micah is number one. Cause she's gotten, you know, she's had the tag titles and has gotten some singles title matches, but hasn't won them. <laughs> like, but Unagi gets the title shot. Like she loses a match every two weeks and then goes, give me another title match. And they go, yeah. okay. Um, yes, but this is the thing that, you know, having all these time limit draws and doing stuff like this, it means that no one ever really gets to that position. Yeah. No. So Rossi just yeah, signing just contracts and going, you crazy for this one. I think they've sort of already made their decision. Oh yeah. On, on but on things like okay, Saki is going to be able to go with Mayu for 10 minutes because that's just what we need to happen to fill out a card. Yeah, and it's just like, that's just ridiculous in my brain. Like, I was like, how? I don't... 
again, one of them on the team was a literal clown. Come on. Because like, I don't, I don't know this off the top of my head, but speaking of new Japan, like how long do Yano matches go single matches go like on average? Cause to me, Fukigen death sort of is that. Not yeah, maybe well, at that level, sure. but the same type of character where it's like, this is the person who, you know, you think you'll lose, but they could beat you at any moment. Yeah. But his matches don't go super long. Yeah, I feel sort of have the element of surprise. Exactly. That and that's a big part of it where his matches can just end in an instant when he's like, "All right, I grabbed your hair, I rolled you up, we're done here." That's why he was the perfect guy to have in the G1 for dudes that just want to take a rest. Yeah, New Japan. Yeah, so... Uh there, he has a New Japan Cup match. It went 625. Oh, there you go. Um Yes, but I agree with you, but I sort of see at this point the way the booking is laid out that they sort of, like, in order to do it, it would have to be, like, the time limit draws would probably go away, which I think would be good. Yeah. Um, And you would have to recalibrate. I mean, and as the roster gets bigger, I mean, I sort of understand it from the principle of if you had a roster of, like, 15 people that you don't want you know, like three people who are seen as credible and then 12 people who are like, oh, these people lose all the time. Mm -hmm. But like, as the roster gets bigger, people are going like, it's okay that people lose because even if someone were to, let's just make up an example and say, all of a sudden, Micah, uh, you have her take the pinfall in four consecutive matches. I don't know what kind of matches. I'm just making this up. It's not as if she loses four times and you're like, well, it's over for Micah. Yeah. Like, see ya. All you need to have her do is start winning again. <laughs> like, yeah, it's easy to heat people back up. You just have them start winning. Like, I don't, it's not that hard. But you can't do it here because if Micah loses four matches, all of a sudden she's got to get in four matches she can win. And it's like, well, no, we need to do all these time limit draws because we like it's a balancing act, but it is possible to do. Yeah. Like all you do. Oh, my God. She's won a bunch of matches in a row. Oh, okay. I mean, they do a lot less now for people getting title challenges. Yeah. People people lose 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 a title. Yeah. They lose a title and then they're like, hey, I want this title. And everyone's like, okay, makes sense, I guess. So, yeah, so, um, well, uh, <laughs> speaking of time limit draws, <laughs> the next match was a six-person tag team match between the feuding sides of Donna Del Mundo, Donna Del Mundo, uh, Julia Goon, I guess I'll call it, uh, Julia Mirai and Tekla, taking on Donna Del Mundo, uh, Shuri Goon, Suri, Himika, and Micah going to a 20-minute time limit draw. A time limit draw I saw coming from 50 miles away. Yeah. The match started, and one minute in, I went, this is going to a time limit draw. And surprise, I was right. Um, I'll and this say is this. another case. You can't have someone get pinned by the champion? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> But I'll say this, 
this is sort of a time limit draw, like the time limit draw between Mayu and Julia. That makes sense a little bit to me that I look at yeah. this booking wise and I'm like, this could make sense, except you do time limit draws on every show. So time limit draws are not special anymore. They are expected. Yeah. So I don't look at it and go, wow, Donna Del Mundo is really strong because they went to a time no one could win. I just look at it and I go, yep, it's them, you know, taking the easy way out, doing a time limit draw. Uh, we'll talk about it soon. They had another four shows after the show. Three of them had time limit draws. So I think they're Jeez. closing in on something like 20 time limit draws in the year uh, 2022, which is Oh, insane. my God. Um, but yeah, it's like it was a good match. I knew it was going to a time limit draw, and I've just totally started. They're so telegraphed from a mile away. And I'm so tired of them yeah. that it's very, very hard for me to look at a match and say, oh, this is going to a time limit draw and sort of invest in it in any real way. Yeah, my brain started thinking about literally anything else. Like, I'm like, well, this is going to a time limit draw. OK, there, you know, and obviously there's some story stuff going on that. um you know, between these sort of two sides of Donna Del Mundo, but it's like, okay, it's a time limit draw. So the end is that, okay, they're equal. Oh, okay. So I don't really like, to me, it would almost be more interesting if like someone like, let's say they do the match and like, uh, I don't know. Mirai pins Himika. I'm just making up two names. Then you have the story of like, wow, you know, Mirai beat Micah or Himika or whoever. There's some intrigue there of like, wow, Mirai is new. Is she better? You know, yeah. how are these two sides going to be determined? Because maybe then Shuri is like, oh, you know, Himika got pinned. Maybe she's not strong enough to be on sort of this side of the issue. You know, I don't, I'm just, time limit draws are boring to me now. They're, they're boring and they shouldn't be. No. Is the other thing. They should be exciting. It should be like, oh my God, they're getting so close to the time limit. Oh my God, are they going to go to a time limit draw? Now it's like the announcer's like, oh, you know, five minutes left or whatever they say. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to a time limit draw. And like, you, you could have even had someone from prominence run in. And interfere so Julia's side lost. And there you advance two stories at once, you know? Yeah, I just... just yeah, like I said, I'm just so checked out on these time limit draws that I, I just can't really invest in them in any real way. And it's yeah. sort of like just kicking the can down. And I'm like, okay, so this storyline, it's just kicking the can down the road. Yeah. Yeah, I think I slapped three stars on this. It's it was fine. The next match was our our second title match, Uh, the Goddesses of Stardom title match, where the team of Hazuki and Koguma, the champions, defeated the Cosmic Angels team of Mina Shirakawa and Unagi Sayaka in twelve minutes and twenty eight seconds. 
when Koguma pinned Mina Shirakawa with the Superfly Splash. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I liked it, but that's literally all I remember about it. Like, I this is a match that kind of just left my brain immediately. Like, I all my notes say is good match with two teams I really like, three and a quarter stars. But, like, I don't really remember anything about it. Yeah, I'm sort of on the same page as you. I was glad that Hazuki and Koguma uh, retained, because as I've said before, I really have liked their reign, uh, their tag title reign. Although I have liked, uh, I do like the Cosmic Angels. I think Shirakawa and Sayaka are very good. But I'm sort of with you that this sort of fell back into the hole of the, the tag team matches before, where I was sort of like, yeah, that was nice. Um, all right, moving on. Yeah. So, um, and then afterwards, uh, Momo Watanabe came out and challenged for the tag titles with a mystery partner at the time, which has now been revealed to be Starlight Kid. So that will be happening at the Sumo Hall shows. But the next match, and the match I'm sure we'll have the most to talk about, the high-speed title match, Azumi defeating Starlight Kid in 17 minutes and 3 seconds to become the new high-speed champion, submitting Starlight Kid with the numero uno, uh, a match that has gotten a lot of hype across the world of wrestling Kelly, I'll throw it to you first because I do not know what you thought. We did not talk about this prior to the show. So what did you think of this match? I loved it. I thought this was awesome. Uh, I put I went th- uh, four and three quarters on it. So it's definitely in the match of the year contender list for me. It's This was exactly what I want out of a high-speed title match. Like th- this is the style of match I want. And these two, like they're just... They were both firing on all cylinders and just put on an incredible match. Like I, not a second of this match was wasted. You know, it was just go, 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 go. And it was perfect. It just played to their strengths so well. Yeah. I will mention before I give my thoughts that the wrestling observer gave it four and a half stars. Uh, Dave Meltzer did tweet about it and got some responses from both Azumi and Starlight Kid. Will Ospreay mentioned it at some point. Uh, But I'm pretty much right in agreement with you. I went four and three quarters. I think, uh, maybe controversially, this is the best stardom pandemic match to me. I think it was better than either of the Utami Suri matches. Yeah. Because to me, this is, this style of match the layout of it, the pacing that you talked about, the speed of it. This to me is what stardom is. Mm -hmm. You know, stardom has much more transitioned, um, certainly in the main events, into a more, uh, I don't even know what to call it. You could call it a sort of New Japan-esque style. You could call it a more sort of traditional um Japanese wrestling style than sort of this type of match, which is um, sort of Lucha influenced in many ways. And this is sort of the start, the style of stardom match that originally many years ago, 
got me into this promotion. It was so well paced. You know, I talk, I've talked about a lot on here on a lot of these big shows. We talk about the main event matches or the semi-main, these sort of big one-on-one throwing bombs. And I, I feel like I'm always talking about this idea of like, I do a move. Oh, and then we're exhausted. You do a move. Oh, we're laying around. We're so exhausted. Like that sort of pace, which always drives me crazy because this is sort of the alternative, this match, this style of match is the alternative where it's so it's not like they're no selling everything, yeah. but it it's so well paced. There's not a lot of downtime where you're just sitting there going, okay, I'm just watching people sort of lay on the mat and I'm hearing, you know, the crowd clap, clap, clap. And you're like, Oh my God, it just went, I mean, seven, just over 17 minutes, very quick uh, for, you know, semi-main title match, but I just thought it was excellent. Uh, can never dislike a match that has a great uh, Canadian destroyer in it, yep. which I thought looked great. I just thought it was, I was like, this is everything I want. I briefly thought about five stars uh, for this match, but usually my sort of not rule, but the system I have is when it's a five star match, I, the match ends and I'm like, that's five stars easy. Yeah. You so know, what, you I, have a feeling, you know it immediately. And if you have to really think about it, it's not five stars. Yeah. So I went four and three quarters. I thought that this was excellent. Like I said, the best um, match in my opinion of stardom's pen of the pandemic for stardom. I think the best match since the, um, I think the last match I went higher on, which I think I went five stars, was the tag. There was a tag match in February of 2020, I think, with Mayu and I think Kagetsu and Jungle Kiona that I think I went five stars on. That was so over two years ago, or actually maybe exactly two years ago. But I have to say, the last thing I'm going to say is I am going to victory lap on this (laughs) because we have been, you know, I've been talking about stardom on this podcast for two years. And I promise if you go back, especially those early episodes, I was talking up Starlight Kid in a big way. And back then, like two years ago and maybe a little bit before and a little bit after, the common assumption or the thing that people thought was that Azumi was sort of in a higher position than Starlight Kid. She was a little bit better in ring. She had a brighter future. And I talked about on this podcast many weeks. I said, do not count out Starlight Kid. She is very good and she's going to be very good. And many people told me I was wrong. They said, oh, no, she's going to be a mid-carder. I don't know. I don't know if she's that good. You know, she's just a fun sort of character in a mask. And she proved people, she turned and proved people wrong. And now the opposite thing is happening. Yeah. Where people go, Starlight Kid is a, oh my God, she's a huge star. Azumi, Azumi will never amount to anything. She's a mid, she's fine. She, in the she'll mud. Be the mid, she'll be in the mid card all her life. And I have been talking about that is wrong because yeah. she is also good. And this match proves both of them are good, which I have been talking about for two years. And the this Starlight Kid thing right. is so weird to me because it's like, 
she's been so good for so long now, and I'm like, I don't understand how you you how you would see her wrestle prior to the heel turn, and just see how crisp her work is, and be like, yeah, that's mid card forever. I just that doesn't click with me. Like you could you could tell like she's gonna be top of the card eventually. It's just you know things take time. But it's, that's that's how it's this just, works. It's very strange to me that seemingly only one like in people's minds. Only one of these two people, it's like, no, Azumi's going to be the one, Starlight Kid, no, no, no. And now it's Starlight Kid, and people are like, Azumi, she'll, she's yeah. a mid-carder. Like, like maybe they can also, both be people, up there. These people are just barely past being children. Yeah. <laughs> they could have, now, anything can happen in Joshi, we'll talk about in a little bit, about a surprise retirement. You know, they could retire next year, I guess. But these people are still young enough. They could be wrestling for another 15 years. And the idea yeah. that one of them is going to be like, with so much talent, it's like, well, they're going to be in the mid card for the rest of their life is insane to me. It's absurd. And like Starlight Kid, she just graduated high school, didn't she? Something like that. I don't know the exact timeline, but they're both still, I mean, they're both still very young. Yeah, it's insane um, how and how good they are for how young they are. Like if you take if they if Stardom is able to full on sign Suzu Suzuki, you will have the three best young wrestlers all in one company at the same time. And like that's insane. Like the three best young 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 wrestlers. It's Azumi Starlight Kid and and Suzu Suzuki. So it's like the fact that they're all in the same company right now is just the future is so bright for this company, you know? Yes. And I'm, you know, I will say to conclude, I'm glad that they got this opportunity. You know, they have had matches for the high speed title. I mean, the high speed division is about four people at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And they've had these matches lower on the card that have been very good. If you go back and listen to some of our reviews when they had those high speed title matches in the you know first match on the card, second match, I was giving those four stars. I thought they were very good, but I'm happy to see they got this better opportunity on a show that really in a good sort of in a good way for them is pretty clear of other things to sort of take the oxygen out of this match getting big. Yeah. Um, you and know, like, we'll I really, in a second. from, from a storytelling perspective too, I really like that Izumi won here to get the little victory over Wado Tai after she got her head kicked in with the wrench kick from a few weeks back. So it's like, it's a nice little bit of storytelling there. I really liked the bit at the end where Starlight Kids sat down and handed her the mask and was like, look, I do it. I, this is what I do to everyone else. I respect you now after this. Like that was a really cool moment. At a match where one person wins and one person loses. And I don't think particularly that either of them come out looking bad. I mean, no, not a bit. No, you don't have to go to a time limit draw to make everyone look fine. They both look great. Cause you just said, go out there and have a great match. And they did. And now they're both much, you know, they're get they're both getting a lot of hype. Yeah, in the week, it isn't like Starlight Kid. Everyone's like, "Well, that's it for her. She she lost one match. It's over." So yes, uh, great match. Easily, uh, not to spoil our thoughts on the next match, 
easily the match of the night for me. Yes, 100%. Uh, for the Observer rating that you have here, was that doing? Is that a Dave rating or is that someone else for the Observer? That is a Dave rating. I'm honestly I don't surprised think... he didn't go higher because this seems like his kind of shit where it's just like crazy high speed stuff. Like that's like, you know, he'll go five stars on like a PWG random tag. Yeah, well, I think for that kind of stuff, it's very weird because now we live in the world where it's like he's giving seven stars or however many he's yeah. gotten up to at this point. But that seems almost reserved for it's like a New Japan thing. Yeah. Or sometimes AEW. Like to me, four and a half, I'm considering it like, oh, it's out of five. It's like the old, quote unquote, the old Dave system. Yeah. Because, yeah, in my head, I was like, all right, well, if we take this with the Dave scale, what is it like really a three and a quarter? (laughs) But I think he's ranking it out of five because the only things he even considers for higher than five are New Japan and AEW. Yeah. This is why you don't break your scale, folks. This is why you don't break your scale. (laughs) Uh, Let's not get into that because we'll add an uh, an entire hour to the show. Uh, (laughs) The main event of the show was the wonder of stardom title match. Saya Kamatani, the champion, retaining her title, defeating Natsupoi in 21 minutes and 55 seconds with the Phoenix Splash. Kelly, what did you think of this main event of the show? Well, I thought it was good, but I finally realized why Saya matches don't ever really click for me. It's She's very good at moves. She's she knows a lot of moves and she does a lot of moves, but she's still not at the storytelling part of her career yet. She's have she there's no through line to the matches. It's just a checklist of cool stuff. Like she's seen a bunch of New Japan matches and she's like, all right, here's the high spots. Here's this forearms, forearms, forearms. I went up the Phoenix Splash. Like there's no through line. It's just like okay. Let's do a greatest hits. And so like, and, but again, I mean, she does know a lot of cool moves, but on a technical level, I don't think she's mastered a lot of them yet, as we've seen with how often she's almost killed people with the Phoenix splash. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I think it was, I think it was good. I went three and three quarters on it. I'm kind of like, I kind of think it's absurd that Dave went four and a half on this as well, because I don't think it's anywhere near the quality that the high speed title match was. But like, I don't know. I thought Natsupoi held up her end of things and it was a, it was a solid main event, but it just could not follow up that incredible high speed title match. Yeah. I, I think it's a match that is much stronger to sort of, um, sort of jump in on, which I think maybe is why Dave was higher than either of us. I went four stars. I thought it was a very good match. I thought Natsupoi looked great. Um, As I've talked about on the show, I think she's underrated in the wider world of wrestling, but also sort of in how stardom and many other, you know, Tokyo Joshi uses her or used her in Tokyo Joshi's case. Um, I thought the jumping double stomp from the top rope when Sai was sitting on the top rope, I thought that was really cool. You know, I thought it was sort of following Azumi Starlight Kid was a positive and negative. The first is that I was like so hyped after Azumi Starlight Kid. I was like, yeah, let's watch more wrestling. Here we go. Like 
Sayakamatani and Natsupoi, like I'm having a great time, wrestling's great. But also you're following a match where I'm like, you can't really, it would be very hard to sort of follow that match with something where I'm like, this is even better than that because it would yeah. have to be either. Yeah, I stopped watching. I stopped watching after the high speed title match. I was like, all right, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go do something else because I don't think I'll be able to fairly watch the main event after seeing that. Yeah, I watched right through and I was like, I was like, "Woo, I'm excited for more wrestling, but I'm like, ah, I can't really follow, especially yeah. because the style, it was sort of back to that style of match of like, here's big move, you know, big moves, traditional wrestling, which is less of my thing, but I still thought it was really good. Um, like I said, I went four stars, so I still thought it was a really um, good match, really fun match. As I said, I thought Natsupoi looked really good and I thought it was a good cap uh, to this show with the strong top two sort of a show that I was like, oh, this is a sort of nothing show. And then the top two matches delivered. And I thought, oh, this is a pretty good show. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, and before it then it was just meh, whatever. But yeah, and it's like, holy shit, match of the year right here. <laughs> and it went by pretty quickly. I feel it really like. did. The show moved, um, which was nice. It was nice to sort of have one of these bigger shows that isn't like, okay, here's a four hour, uh, you know, big sort of extravaganza. Yeah. So that is. All of the thoughts, all our thoughts on Cinderella Journey in Nagaoka. Next, we will cover what else has been happening in the last two weeks of Joshi. But before we do that, we want to talk about the sponsor of this podcast, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. And now you can warm yourself up from the inside out with limited time recipes inspired by cozy classics from around the world, like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue, or miso sesame shrimp and bacon ramen. Both of those sound excellent. And you can even customize your favorite dishes with the new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or side for another, upgrading for a more luxury experience, or even adding a protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you. So if that sounds good to you, if you're getting hungry, go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's right. If you go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use the code VOW16, you can get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. So do that now and be part of HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. So, what else happened in the last two weeks of Joshi? Well, Stardom had some other shows. Um, pretty much house shows. They had shows on February 26th, 27th, and March 5th and 6th. Nothing real major happening on that on those shows. 
uh, Seedling had the show on February 21st, which we didn't get a chance to talk about last time out because uh, we recorded in the sort of phantom zone of when that show was airing. But I did watch that show. I thought it was an enjoyable show, uh, main evented by Arisa Nakajima and Hanako Nakamori for the Beyond the Sea title. I thought that was a solid match. Nothing blow away. I went about three and a half stars. Uh, So you can check that out if you want. Tokyo Joshi is getting ready for their big Sumo Hall show. They had a number of shows on the on february 23rd 26th and one on march 5th where the big surprising result was maki ito submitting yuki arai before their big match sort of a surprising result there they also had on february 28th their pool wrestling show kelly i watched this show i know you watched this show what were your big thoughts about that uh sort of a ddt staple coming to tokyo joshi that was a weird thing to watch huh i found (laughs) it weird that almost all of them wrestled just in full like i was just sitting there going you're i don't know does pool water ruin wrestling attire i i don't know i shouts out to yuka sakazaki for coming out not only just in full gear but she's like boots too we're doing the whole thing. And it's just like, why? You're going you're going to be so heavy by the time. And eventually she had to take off the gear and just had like swimming stuff underneath because like I can't imagine how heavy all that was. Well, and Nadoka Tenma was in like four layers and then went and sat in the hot tub and all I yeah. could think was, Oh my god, that must be so hot. Uh, yeah, I a... enjoyed it. It was I fun. It was a fun. Yeah. It was a fun little, you know, I think it's like 45 minutes total or something like that. Um, It got good once they stopped doing weird mini games. Yeah, the wrestling I thought was really good. I did enjoy Hyper Masao taking Namba uh, hostage at gunpoint. Yeah, what the hell? (laughs) All of a sudden I'm like, oh, there's a gun. And then Rika saving her and then still throwing her down the water slide. A couple of those people who went down the water slide, it looked very painful. Yeah. Um, Yuka Sakazaki decided she would surf down and made it about two feet and then fell what looked like very hard. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I thought it was fun. I thought the finish was fun with Yuka doing the dive um, off the, I don't even know what you call it, the rock formation. Yeah, that looked crazy. Um, but a fun thing I will also say I did make use of, uh, this is a little plug, I guess, uh, wrestle universe now has a, uh, a phone app that is at least, I don't think it's on Android yet, but it is on iOS. I use that and it does feature Chromecast ability, which I have been waiting for, for these DDT Tokyo Joshi shows. I used it for this show. I Chromecast it to my TV. It worked flawlessly. I had absolutely no issues. Thought it was really great. So if you watch a lot of these Tokyo Joshi shows or DDT or Noah or even uh, GCW, which is on uh, Russell Universe, um, I would highly recommend getting that app if you want to Chromecast it. I got it on my TV. It looked great. Um, felt big time so very happy to see them get that chromecast support because i have been waiting for that 
in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. There was a couple times during this show where I was just thinking, like, man, the admins at wikifeet.com are just gonna be so happy. Uh, yes. <laughs> Just they're like, look but, uh, at all these candids. Uh, I'll I'll let that one hang out. Uh, were you ever on any wrestling yeah, yeah. forums when you were younger where there would be like the the forum thread where it'd be like diva candids and you'd like open it like, what's this? I'm 12 uh, years old. Let's see what this is. And it's just like. Lita looking really unhappy while signing an autograph somewhere. <laughs> I was on um, the Wrestle Crap forums, but I don't believe that they ever had a thread of candid photos. I don't believe that was a thing. Um, and my username was, uh, what was it? It was something to do with the black hole slam because I was a big abyss guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? Black hole. 
I don't I don't remember, but it was something to do with the black hole slam. Uh, black hole Taylor. I was, big, I was big. No, not my real. I would never use <laughs> my real name. Because uh, I was big into TNA, uh, the wrestling company, at that time. Um, yeah, but I don't remember them ever having a sort of that type of thing. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I've. I, I was frequenting a few different wrestling forums and some of them had like their little pervert sections. So if you ever on a wrestling forum that had a comic geek Kelly on there, that was me. I, I understood branding from a young age and have used the same name on everything forever. So if you ever ran into some little dickhead named comic geek Kelly, that was me. Uh, but yeah, no, there was I one of the forums I was on. Uh, it was the pro wrestling report. If that, if you guys remember that as a thing, I remember there was a, the, a, the boob thread and that, that got shut down after a while that, that got a little too rowdy for people. But yeah, no, I, I remember the, the era of just diva candids and it was just like always you'd look like, Oh, what's this? It's going to be nice pictures of ladies as you would say when you're 12 and using the internet and you're just like, Oh, it's just like, Wow. Stacy Keebler going upstairs. That's that. I'm very, I'm very pure of heart, so I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, the pool wrestling was fun. Check it out. There was uh, so many times in this show where I was like, oh god, they're gonna smash their heads on the side of the pool when they're getting slammed in. <laughs> oh yeah, and then there was the one moment when I think it was Yuka again did a double stomp like from the bridge that yeah bridge they had and i was like that seems unsafe yeah there was uh, so many times where i was like someone is just going to crack their head on that and i like i know it's not live like i know if someone almost died in this match we would just never have seen any of this but like there is still so many times where i'm like oh be careful be careful <laughs> i also weirdly thought i was like uh like people were running poolside and i'm like you shouldn't run don't run by the pool. Uh-huh. Very unsafe. Yeah. We're very concerned with wrestler safety here. Yeah. I mean, I if get they excited when someone gives a shoot head, but yeah, yeah, that, 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 that is like, this is awesome. But like someone runs by the pool, like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> Slow down. Walk only walk only. Yeah. Uh, and what was with, was that like a lifeguard at the beginning where they're just like, all right, let's like, let's do stretches. That was a weird part. Oh, I, yeah, I don't even know. I, most of the sort of first half, I, you know, you sort of get it when they're like, we're doing a mini game and then they start, you know, playing volleyball. You're like, oh, I get it. You're playing volleyball. But some of the sort of in between stuff, I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, they really needed Brooks and Aki and English commentary for this. I think that would have been a lot of fun. But that's the way it always is, like with the DDT ones, like when they do the um, one in the forest uh which they do i think every year they did do it every year at one yeah point. there's just sort of moments when you're like i don't know something's happening who knows yeah uh and then in like two minutes something happens and you're like i get it again i'm with you <laughs> but there's just moments when you're like i have no idea what's going on and that's okay <laughs> you know and i did appreciate it sort of not being live being edited Mm-hmm. And being 45 minutes, because especially like some of those DDT ones can go for a lot. Like those are yeah. like two hours. And sometimes you're just like, OK, we're doing this 
at this point. All right. Uh, so I like. Well, we have to walk four blocks for this st- yeah. for this spot. Yeah. All right, everyone in the audience has to stand up. Okay, get all your stuff. Okay, we're getting ready to go. <laughs> so I like the tight forty-five minute window. Show me the highlights. Get me in and out. Yeah. Uh, Sendai Girls had a show on February 27th, two title matches, uh, with one title change, Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu retained the tag titles against Dash, Chizako, and Hiroya Matsumoto, but Tomoko Naba defeated Eureka Oka to win the junior title. So that uh, title change, Inaba winning the Sendai junior title, and as we'll talk about in a few minutes, will be appearing on uh, with stardom so a lot going on there ice ribbon had a number of shows including a Corican hall show on february 26th but probably the biggest news of the last two weeks for ice ribbon sakushi haruka announcing that after a 12 year career that she will be retiring from pro wrestling uh, a surprising retirement, although, as I mentioned, with Joshi Wrestling, surprises are the norm, so maybe not that surprising. We've I've talked about Sakushi on the show. I think that she has been, for a long time, massively underrated in the world of Joshi and in the world of wrestling. Uh, I will be very sad to see her leave Ice Ribbon, leave Joshi Wrestling, but happy that, you know, she started wrestling when she was 12 years old she's been wrestling for 12 years uh so she's only 24 she wants to do some different things with her life so i hope that she goes out and can do all the things that she's looking to do but she will be missed in ice ribbon yeah no she's definitely one of my favorite people in that company so i'm very sad to see her go but like again she's been at it for a long time and Sometimes you don't want to make a uh, lifelong career of what you started doing when you were 12. (laughs) So it's like, that's understandable. I can't even imagine, you know, a starting any sort of job at 12 years old. Like I'm thinking of what I was even doing at 12 years old, like going to school and that's about it. But also doing it for like through 12 to 24 is such a big time. literally half her life half your life but also like the segment of time in terms of a life from like being a preteen up to being in your mid-20s i think of all the different things that i did like that i did in that time of like you go to high school you go to college you graduate college you get a job you do that you know yeah And I just think of just being like, oh, during that time, you would have done one thing. And that to me is sort of like wild to think about. Um, So it's like, I get it. Yeah. So, no, that's what I mean. I I totally get being like, hey, um, I think I might want to try literally anything else at this point. And she's still young Um, enough that she could always come back too. you know. She could I mean, leave I, for I five stay. years yeah. and still return and be under 30 years old. Yeah, it's nuts. So yeah, I like I'm again, I'm sad to see her go, but like go live your life. <laughs> yeah. Uh thank you for the 12 years of excellent uh wrestling. Um 
But speaking of Sakushi, at the February 26th Korokin Hall show Reborn, she retained the Ice Infinity title over Micah Ozaki, so it will be interesting to see what happens with that title. And also on that show, Hamika Hoshi and Ibuki Hoshi retained the tag titles over Makoto and Tsukasa Fujimoto. Yeah, I think uh, I saw Sakushi wants to retire as champion. So I honestly, I think that's the best move. Just have her retire as champion and then do a tournament or something. Yeah, I also saw someone suggest that she should try and win the triangle ribbon because I think that might be, well, no. She hasn't held the Fantast Ice title. So I guess it's a new Grand Slam because she's been tag champion, Ice Infinity. So I guess the sort of original trio of titles, the Triangle one's the only one she hasn't held, but she hasn't held the Fantast Ice title, which is fairly new. Just have her retire as every champion. She wins every belt on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then do four concurrent tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> for four different belts. Uh, or you do an elimination right? match where there's, so there's like eight people in the match and different pinfalls count for different titles. So like the first pinfall for, is for the world title. The, the next one is for the uh, infinity title. <laughs> Just go to full TNA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Ice Ribbon had two more shows on the 5th and the 6th, but those were small shows. Not much happening on those shows. Uh, Diana had a show on uh, March 6th that just happened. Uh, Nagisa Nosaki defeating Haruka Umasaki to retain the Diana title. Uh, Marvelous's tag tournament kicked off for the AAAW tag titles on February 24th in the A block uh Keiro Ito and Tomoko Watanabe defeated Hibiscus Mi and Takumi Aroha and also on that show Itsuki Aoki and Rin Katakura defeated Makoto and Maria and then on March 5th two interesting results Ansham and Chikayo Nag- Nagashima went to a double countout with Yuna Manase and Yuri and Ai Hosan and Eureka Oka went to a time limit draw with Riko Kawahata and Yuki Miyazaki. So two interesting uh, non-decisive results there. Yeah. So something to keep an eye on to see if that's a trend in that tournament. You should have put their uh, fun team names instead of the wrestlers, and then we would have tried to figure out who was on what team again, because there's no way I would remember a single one of them, I think. What was it? Makoto and Maria were sexual violet or something like that. I think you would remember Itsuki and Katakura was the team name. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, I would have remembered that one for sure. Itsuki Aoki and Rin Katakura. Uh, I believe in you that you would have remembered that. Uh, Wave had a show on March 1st where Yuka Miyazaki retained the Elizabeth title over Jaguar Yokota and Keiru Yoniyama. And now I will throw it over to Kelly to talk about Choco Pro. Uh, Choco Pro 204 from February 26th. The Asia Dream tag titles were changed hands for the first time in, what was it, 422 days. Uh, the CDK team of Masahiro Takanashi and Chris Brooks defeated Best Bros of Mei Saruga and Balia and Aki. Uh, 
I kind of never thought that Best Bros was ever going to lose these belts, so I was very surprised to see them lose here. Uh, this was a good match. I went four and a quarter on it. Definitely worth checking out. And there was a cool post-match promo from Brooks talking about how much winning this title and beating Best Bros meant to him. Like It was, it was a really cool moment. So that is everything from the last two weeks of Joshi. And there's a lot coming up, starting with stardom on March 11th. The first new blood show will take place. Um, This is a new concept from stardom, which is going to highlight the younger wrestlers and also wrestlers from outside of stardom. So the card is uh, Momo Kogo will be taking on Sayaka from Gato Move. Unagi Saika and Waka Sukiyama will be taking on Maria and Ai Hosan from Marvelous. Hanan and the returning, happy to say, returning Saya will be taking on Tomoka Naba and Aoi from Just Tap Out. Starlight Kid and Ruaka will be taking on Haruka Umasaki and Naname from Diana. And the main event, Utami will be taking on the debuting stardom rookie, Miyu Amasaki. So, Kelly, are there any matches in particular on the show that you're looking forward to? I think it's an interesting looking show. Yeah, no, I'm really happy for uh, Sayaka getting a match on this show. Like, I really do think you can tell there is a a turning point within the past like six months or so where she's like, all right, I'm going to take this wrestling thing seriously. And she's gotten pretty good. So I'm happy to see her kind of get this recognition to get booked for this show. So that's super cool. I'm really happy to see Saida back. She's been out for a while now, hasn't she? Yeah. Been out for a, a good long time. Yeah. Cause I don't think she, yeah, she hasn't been around since I've been doing this show at least. Like that's kind of crazy. No, and she was out for a number of months, I think even before that. So she yeah. had been out for quite a while. Yeah, so I'm happy to see her come back. That that's cool. And it'll be nice to see what uh Sturdum's got with this new rookie, too. Like this is a this is a fun card. I'm excited for this. Yeah, we and we add another Miyu to the ranks of Joshi wrestlers. Yeah. Uh lots of Miyus going around, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, a lot of names I really like on here. Uh, Ruka Umasaki, I mean, Anaba has a very bright future. Maria, one of my favorites. So uh, this a show I'm also very much looking forward to. Should be a very fun show. On March 12th is the big Oedo Tai versus Queen's Quest 5-on-5. Five five. The way it's working is they are going to, I believe... They're going to draw for singles matches by having different lengths of rope in the ring and whoever sort of chooses the, I think it's whoever chooses the opposite ends of the same rope will end up in singles matches. They'll be doing five singles matches. The Oedo Tai team, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Saki Kashima, Ruaka, and Hina. Those are the sort of, when I say team, those are the five representatives Queen's Quest, Utami, Sayakamatani, Azumi, Lady C, and X. So an X making another appearance here. Uh, we'll have to wait and see who that is. And then Stardom has a Corican Hall show on the 13th. Um, not a lot really big on that show. A lot of sort of preview matches for the upcoming Sumo Hall show. 
but there is a Unagi Saika versus Mei Sakurai uh, singles match on that show. So Unagi maybe taking some revenge over my leaving and heading to Donna Del Mundo. Seedling has a show on March 18th uh, with a number of matches. Riko Kaiju will take on Riko Kawahata. It's been determined that if Arisa Nakajima determines that the match is good enough, she may give one of them a title match. Uh, Arisa will be in a six-person tag. Arisa Nakajima, Nakajima, Hanako Nakamori, and Tsukasa Fujimoto against Hiroyo Matsumoto, Itsuki Aoki, and Asahi from Ice Ribbon. A high-speed three-way match between Yoshiko, Kaori Yoniyama, and Asuka. And then a main event of Makoto and Ayame Sasamura against Ryo Mizunami and debuting in Seedling from Pure J, Korea. So that should be another good Seedling show. Oz Academy has a show highlighted by a, a sort of preview tag match of the upcoming Oz Openweight title match. Hiroya Matsumoto Akino the number one contender, and Tsubasa Kuragaki going up against Maya Yukihi, Mayumi Ozaki, and Sayori Ano. Probably the biggest show coming up in the next two weeks, Tokyo Joshi's Tokyo Grand Princess from Sumo Hall on March 19th. We now have the full card. Uh, the show will open with the Juria Nagano debut match. The regular tag team of Suzume and Ariso Endo teaming up to take on Moka Miyamoto and Juria Nagano, two karate um, experts in Miyamoto and Nagano teaming there. It will be interesting to see. Kelly, are you looking forward to the debut of a new Tokyo Joshi rookie? Hell yeah. It's always a time to be excited whenever there's a new rookie now with how they've been churning out great wrestlers. And I feel like there was a time when they were debuting a new rookie like every week, and now that doesn't really happen. So when a, someone debuts, it's sort of now a, a big deal. Yeah. The next match is a Tokyo Joshi versus Ganbare Pro wrestling match. Now Kakuda, Mahiro Kiryu, Haruna Neka, and Kaya Torabami, representing Tokyo Joshi, will take on the Ganbare team of Yuna Manase, Moeka, Haruhi, Harukaze, and Yuri. So that should be another fun match there. Then it isn't a big cyber agent sumo hall show without a big <laughs> uh, Sanchiro Takagi match. And he is here, Sanchiro Takagi, taping, taking on Hyper Masao, who has claimed that Takagi is now just a lazy old president. <laughs> and he isn't capable of pulling out all the stops, but Takagi telling her, just wait and see. You might regret your words. Kelly, are you looking forward to this? Hell yeah. I think I saw Takagi on Twitter say that this won't be a normal match either. So I'm assuming it'll be full of hardcore nonsense. And we know that Masao is a really sneaky, good hardcore wrestler. So I, I'm very much looking forward to this match. A big Takagi match not being normal, that's very surprising to me. Hard, <laughs> someone hard is to going to ride a bike into someone else. <laughs> the next two matches you could say are the tag team 
explodes matches the first singles match yuki kamafuku taking on regular tag team partner asuka kelly this is a match i'm really looking forward to i think that this could be a, yeah. a sneaky match of the night yeah i was kind of surprised to see this on the card like i i didn't think they'd have this team explode but yeah no this should be a cool match and the next match the soon-to-be-retiring nadoka tenma taking on her sister yuki aono uh, in a singles match this should be a fun one maybe a little bit uh maybe the most heartfelt match on the show with tenma retiring and going against her sister yeah is now is this tenma's retirement match or is she still have time after this uh i don't remember exactly when her retirement is because I, I feel like she's been retiring for like a year now i think it may be her retirement no okay no because she announced in like december Okay, again, who knows when the hell anything happens. Yeah. (laughs) COVID time. Uh, The next match is an eight-person tag team match. Uh, Marika Kobashi, Raku, Palm Harajuku, and Ram Kaichao will go up against the full power of Neo Bishiki-gun, Saki-sama, Mei Saint-Michel, Yukio Saint-Laurent, and Martha. Oh. returning i am very excited for this match as a big new bashiki goon fan I... they teased this they teased martha returning like six months ago <laughs> i think when saki sama and mesa michelle were tag champions and i got yeah. so excited and then like nothing came of it for many months and i was sort of like that was a weird tease to do but i'm very happy to see them here for this big show uh this should be this should be a great match. I think it's probably going to be a lot of fun and I'm excited to see uh, the full, well, not the full because also um, Yoshiko is technically a, I think is technically a new Bishikigun member. Is she officially a member? I don't know. I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, I cannot but, but wait for this the, entrance. This entrance is going to be so good. Yeah. But sort of the original classic Neo Bishikigun with new, uh, with Neo Neo Bishikikun, I guess I'll call it, of uh, May Saint Michel. So this should be a great match that I'm uh, really looking forward to. I hope May gets some good seats for the wolves that raised her. The last non-title match of the evening is a special singles match between the returning to Japan, uh, in terms of wrestling, Hikaru Shida taking on Hikari Noah. This one getting a lot of hype with Shida coming back. I think this could be uh, a really good match. Big spot. Uh, you know, I think Shida's great. And I think Noah's great. Yeah, Pretty no, this easy. should be awesome. <laughs> were Were you as surprised as I was on, uh, when was that, Friday on Rampage when Shida showed up? Because I was just like, wait, why are you here? Why not just, you have to go back to Japan like really soon. <laughs> Well, I also thought that because my thought was I knew that she was appearing on this show, which is the 19th. She's appearing the next day for Ice Ribbon, which we'll talk about. And so I was thinking, oh, they're going to, well, sort of sadly, I was thinking, oh, my God, they're going to drag out this freaking Serena D professor gimmick for like another month, which I was dreading. Yeah. Um, but I think they relaxed the quarantine. Um restrictions oh, in Japan yeah. enough that she can now because she's wrestling on Sunday 
I would assume that what happens is she wins that match. It's sort of like, haha, Serena, I got you. She then goes back to Japan, works these shows, and then obviously can come back whenever the shows are done because there's no restriction coming yeah, to America. That would make sense. Uh, so I think the timing works. Like in the past, the timing wouldn't have worked because it was two weeks and there would have been no way because she would have had to leave today. Yeah. Like essentially right after the match and two weeks would have been the 20th. That's right. Um, yeah. I was still thinking about old quarantine rules. The first of the title matches, the international princess title, Maki Ito, the champion taking on SKE 48's Yuki Arai. Now, Kelly, what do you think of this? As I mentioned, just yesterday uh, or yesterday as of when we're recording this on March 5th, Ito submitting Yuki Arai in their match together. Do you think Arai leaves this match as champion? No, I think she's still too young in her career at this point to win a title like this. So I don't I don't think it's going to happen yet. But that that tapping out there or being submitted there does kind of raise a few red flags so i'm not sure it, it it's not a 100 certain maki ito is winning for me anymore now it's more like 95 to 5 percent you know well i'll be contrarian with you and one of us will be right and one of us will be wrong and i'll say yuki arai will win this title all right i, I think they're gonna take the chance i think obviously they see her as a huge draw clearly as she has been the focus of many things since she debuted. And I think at this point, it's sort of the secondary title. You know, it has been used for, you know, Yuki and Hikari Noah, you know, people who I think when they won it, I'm not sure you would say not that they were bad, but I don't know that you would say, Oh, these are the best wrestlers in the company. So I think that she can sort of hold the title and grow into it. Uh, And obviously if she were the champion, she'd be getting big opportunities to improve you know, in title matches. Yeah. And it's another one where I could, you know, be getting fooled again, but it's sort of like, okay, Ido won this title. Now, what is the point of her having it? Yeah. I've been wondering if maybe she comes to America for a bit after this title match, you know? Oh, she could come because they did tease that Thunder Rosa. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, that is that is very true. I didn't think so. She could come as champion, defend the title. On when's the next Battle of the Belt show for AEW? Oh, that actually would be a really good place for that match. I feel like there's it one coming be, up. It would be, although I think some people would probably get upset. Oh, <laughs> They'd yeah. be like Battle of the Belts. What is this belt? This is not an AEW belt, you know. Yeah. I would like to see it. I think that would be fun. Of course, the other issue would be if Thunder Rosa beats Britt Baker, which at this point we don't know. We were recording this before AEW Revolution has happened. Um, like, how would that work? Because it's the six. Because now the whole thing is, I don't know, not to get into sort of AEW booking, but the whole thought now is that Thunder might lose and then have a rematch in San Antonio, which is her like hometown and win the title there. 
But if she doesn't win the title tonight, do you want her losing another title match against Maki Ito before winning? Like, I don't know. That's I mean, the you, wrinkle. You, yeah, you could have her beat Maki. Beat Maki and then hold the... But would Tokyo... Like, I guess from a publicity point, Tokyo Joshi would sort of want that. But then all of a sudden you're losing one of your three sort of like Corican Hall big draws where you can be like, it's an international princess title match. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I just de- looked it up. The next battle of the belts is uh, April 15th. Okay, so that would be... Just about a month from now. Do you know when they're running San Antonio? Can you see that? Um, For Dynamite? That is the 16th. So that's like... Oh, well. No, 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 the 16th of uh, March. Sorry. That's coming up. the 16th of March. Yeah, like that's coming up. Like that's just 10 days away. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. That seems like a really quick turnaround to do a title match there, you know. I don't I'm saying you know a lot today. I don't know why. Sorry everybody. Kelly, I do know. Good, <laughs> uh, thank you. Once again, we're like totally in the mud on this Tokyo Joshi book. <laughs> At this point, we're going over the schedule of AEW shows. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, we'll end. I'll I'll keep my pick just to make things interesting, and then one next time one of us can say, "Ha ha ha!" I was right, and one of us will say, "Boohoo!" I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the semi-main is for the princess tag team titles: Yuka Sakazaki and Mizuki, the champions, taking on the winners of the Max Art Tag Team Tournament: Rika Tatsumi and Miyu Watanabe. Uh, this is another one where I am not sure of the result. Yeah, it could go either way. I don't really see this one being super certain. Uh, It'll be good. I'm down either way. Yes, Uh, it will be a good match. I am looking forward to it. I think maybe Rika and Miyu win. Yeah, because I think, well, because especially maybe with how they were built in that one trios match, maybe Yuka is the next challenger or something, but who knows? Well, and I think it gives... Miyu something and Rika something at this point when it seems like Miyu, you know, is not going to be holding the princess of princess title in the near future. Yeah. So it at least gives her something you can always, you know, beat magical sugar rabbits and then heat them back up and have them win again. Cause they're sort of the old, especially now that the Bakuretsu sisters are going, um, splitting up, whatever you want to say. They're sort of the standard bearers of the division. Mm-hmm. So they can always sort of win it back or win it when you need it and hold it in that way. So, yeah, I think there will be a I think there is going to be a title change in this. Yeah, I, I think you've talked me into it, but either way, I think it could go and no matter what, going to be a good match. And the main event for the Princess of Princess title, the champion Miyu Yamashita going up against Shoko Nakajima. This is one where I feel there won't be a title change, which means there probably will be a title change. Yeah, I I just don't see Nakajima winning, but again, we're probably going to be wrong. 
I'm just like waiting at this point. I'm like, the rug is going to get pulled out from me somewhere with this Princess of Princess title stuff because I clearly don't really understand where they're going with it. Yeah, I, I'm i going, because I've said it before. I think I think Mew might just have like an insanely long run with this title right now. So I'm, that's my guess. I think she's going to win and keep winning for a good long time. So that is the preview for the Tokyo Grand Princess show at Sumo Hall. Looking for next time we will be reviewing that show. Uh, but other shows that are happening. Hey, here's something we've never talked about before on this show. LLPWX has a show on March 15th. I don't even know uh, what this is. LLPWX is a promotion that's been around for a long time. And I think now they run shows like maybe three or four times a year. Uh, and the shows mainly come out on DVD. Uh, okay. But they've announced Yumi Oka, Yuki Mizaki, Nagasa Nozaki, Sakura Hirota, Haruka Umasaki, Ayako Sato, Jaguar Yokota, Kyoko Inoue, Chihiro Hashimoto, Dash Shizako, Miyake, Miyako Matsumoto, Cherry, and Chikayo Nagashima for that March 15th show. Sendai Girls has a show on March 18th. Also, the next day... As I was putting together the run sheet, I came across this um, about a year and a half ago. uh, Those of you who will remember the Assemble joint shows that they were running, I believe in November of 2020, they were supposed to have a show at the Sagamiko Resort Pleasure Forest, um, a show that was at the time announced that it was postponed. I had forgotten about it. Assemble stopped running shows fairly shortly after that. I believe a few months after that, but seemingly assemble is coming back on March 19th for that show at Saga Miko resort pleasure forest. They're going to be having two shows there. One at noon, which will feature Chihiro Hashimoto and Minami taking on dash Chizako and Mika Iwata that the, uh, Sunday Girls match and Takumi Aroha and Ai Hosan taking on Rin Katakura and Maria. That's the noon portion. And at three o'clock, Sakura Horoda and Nagisa Nosaki from Wave will take on Hanako Nakamori and Kreya from Pure J. And also Yumika Hoda and Riko Kawahada from T Hearts will take on Arisa Nakajima and Riko Kaiju from seedling here's the event information that i could find this is the first event at lake sagami resort where women's professional wrestling can be seen inside the amusement park visitors will be able to watch the powerful women's professional wrestling up close and personal in a special outdoor ring in addition since dogs are allowed in the park you can bring your own dog to the event This will be the first women's professional wrestling event in Japan that you and your dog can watch together. Women's pro wrestlers are known to be dog lovers, and their dogs may even come to cheer them on. In addition, Kensuke Sasaki, Akira Hokuto, and the dogs of the Kensuke family will be guests of the event. Hell yeah. Kento's largest illumination event with 6 million light bulbs, the lighting ceremony, Lake Sagami Illumillion will be held, as well as the dog shampoo Tuna 
and Corazon, which custom makes dog clothing, will have stalls at the event. So uh, that is I. I didn't even know that this was, you know, they announced it was postponed. I figured they would just cancel it now that Assemble's not running, but they are back to running a show in front of dogs. Frankly, <laughs> I hope that someone films this show and puts it somewhere because I want to see wrestling in front of a bunch of dogs. Yeah, this sounds great. Like, I, I want to go to this show. Next time, next time we're in Japan, we need to go. We'll record a show at the Pleasure Forest. We'll we'll record our podcast in the Pleasure Forest and hang out with some dogs. It'll be great. Well, f- well, frankly, I'm hoping that this is so popular that they do this all the time. Yeah. So next time I'm in Japan, I can go to a show at the uh, Pleasure Forest. Uh, I don't have a dog, but I would love to go hang out with some dogs and watch professional wrestling. Yeah, you think they have like businesses in Japan where you can just like rent a dog? Do they have businesses in America where you can rent a dog? I don't know, but I feel like Japan would be a place where it's just like one day dog rental. For some reason in my mind, I say, no, that's problematic, but I can't actually think of a reason why. Yeah, right. I'm like, no, that sounds not right, but I can't say, (laughs) oh, it's not right because I don't know why. You just have to like sign a paper that says you're not going to do anything weird with the dog. You just want to go take it to a wrestling show. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe that business already exists. Someone can tell us that that business already exists. But Kelly, maybe you can start the first ever dog rental. Yeah. Company on Earth, maybe. Dog rental service. All right, I'm Googling. New anyway, app you... lets you borrow a dog to walk and play with. A new app called Borrow. Oh, you've been beaten to it. So yep. the million dollar idea is gone. Yep. Oh, well. Well, anyway, to cheer you up, let me tell you about what's coming up with Ice Ribbon. Uh, Ice Ribbon has shows on March 12th and 19th. Those will be live delivery on Club Ice Ribbon, which is their new YouTube subscription channel. And they have another Cork and Hall show highlighted by Sakushi, as we talked about, defending her Ice Infinity title against Saki. And also, as I mentioned, appearing on that show, first time appearing in Ice Ribbon in a number of years. I'm trying to think if that big um, Shida Aja Kong match from a number of years ago, was that the last time she appeared in Ice Ribbon? Uh, that might know. be. But. First time in a long time, Karushita back in Ice Ribbon on the March 20th Corican Hall show. Hopefully they can get some eyeballs from AEW onto Ice Ribbon for that show. Yeah, that would be nice. Diana has a show on March 13th, highlighted by, well, let me tell you about this. So this show is taking place on March 13th in the afternoon. The main event is Haruka Umasaki and Miyuki Takase, the Diana Tag Team Champions Luminous, going up against Yumi Oka and Sakura Hirota. Now, Wave also has a show on March 13th, taking place in the evening, which will be main evented by Haruka Umasaki and Miyuki Takase defending their titles <laughs> against Yumi Oka and Sakura Hirota. Evidently, uh, no matter what happens, both of these matches will happen. 
if Yumi Oka and Sakura Hiroda, Sakura Hiroda win the titles at Diana, they will then defend the, their recently won titles that evening against the team that they beat. That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, I was re- I was putting everything together and I was like, is this, wait, I was like, what, is this correct? And then they had some explanation of, you know, it will be happening in the day and also in the evening. That's some so real much. WrestleMania weekend nonsense. <laughs> a chance for maybe Luminous to go 2-0, and maybe a 1-1 one one split, or maybe, uh, you know, Oka and Hirota win both. I guess that's possible. Uh, I would probably predict, I'm going to make a prediction that Oka and Hirota win the titles at Diana and lose the titles at Wave. Yeah, I feel like that makes the most sense. <laughs> and finally, on March 21st, um, Akari will be defending her pop title in Pure J against Rico Kaiju. So that is all, lots going on in the next two weeks of joshi a lot going on but that is everything for this show kelly do you have anything else you're dying to say to the people before we leave you guys i saw the batman and it is real good i was fully prepared to not like it because it was so long and you know the dc movies haven't been great but uh, this was everything I would want out of a Batman movie. And the three hours flew by to the point where I was thinking about it later. And I was like, well, I don't think there's any fat to cut in that movie. Like, I think it has to be that long. And it really didn't feel like it at all. Uh, so I give a high, high recommendation to the Batman. Definitely go check it out. It's very good. Well, we end another episode of Jumping Bomb Audio with another of Kelly's great movie recommendations. Now becoming a staple. Now you have to see a movie every week in theaters. You do. I know. I think I think by next show, I might have another movie I'm going to go see. So, yeah, I think I'll be good for next show. Technically, you could watch a movie at home and just, you know, be like, yeah, that's true. Have you heard of this film? It's called Casablanca. (laughs) Go check it out. (laughs) Uh, but well we'll look forward to another movie review on the next episode of jumping bomb audio which will be dropping in two weeks so we will talk to you then farewell goodbye